We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Happy Monday. I hope you had a tremendous weekend it was one filled with opportunity was it not marty baron for uh, anyone to do just about anything from a weather standpoint it was perfect and we actually have some news to talk about to start this brand new week as it pertains to defensemen around the nhl with people still waiting for buffalo to extend rasmus dalin and owen power at some point in time how are you I'm doing great. It was a beautiful, glorious weekend. The weather was awesome. Uh, for those that like the outdoors for baseball and softball tournaments and soccer tournaments and whatnot, there was. Were you involved in those such events? No, I wasn't. Oh. But I kept thinking about going to those events with uh, with my kids over the past many years and thinking, oh, how good is that Saturday feeling when you put the tent up in the morning next to a baseball diamond and you never leave from there, right? Like you just, well, maybe you leave from field one to field two, but <laughs> it's like everything's around there. The grill is like smelling good at the snack shack with hamburgers and hot dogs and nachos and all of that stuff. Yeah, it made me uh, made me miss those days, but at the same time, I had a lot going on myself so it was good you had a lot going on yourself so i'm sure you had a great weekend but uh yeah it was uh what did you have going on to be honest with you i wanted to make sure the yard looked great and i literally spent like six hours on making sure that the grass was perfect everything everything was weed whacked everything was good the only thing i did and this is what i literally the family was out of town for the week so i was in charge of making sure the flowers were going to survive when everybody returned um i thought i did my job i watered when it was you know dry and uh, but uh, a lot of the flowers did not make it i'm oh, sorry come on sorry to Seriously. report that a lot of flowers did not make it possible we actually had rain on thursday yeah i know but we almost had too much right it came down too hard it must have damaged some and it uh it it actually yeah and i was told hey you know what like one early this week maybe a little miracle grow give him a little and so i don't know if i didn't use it correctly maybe i put too much miracle grow and it just died i I have no idea but i killed a lot of flowers but the yard looked very nice That seems to be polar opposite there. How could it look nice if they're all dead? Well, no, it's not the yard as the grass and like yes, the yes. landscape area. The flowers are in, you know, their pots and whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so that's what I did. Head groundskeeper, homebody, as always. 
Like that's what you say. That's what you tell us. You're you just like being around the home. And I well, actually build something really cool too. What did you a build? little um a little piece of wood with a a cat door, like one of those kitty doors, so that this outdoor cat that seems to be like now becoming our property uh, can come in and out of the front porch because it's a covered porch and screened in. So I build that over the weekend. Do you know that I was going to be a smart aleck and lead the show by saying, how many outdoor cats did you rein in this weekend? <laughs> no, actually, um, like this outdoor cat, has been afraid of me all week. Like I have to go out there with the food and really get them. And as soon as my daughter Ashley got home yesterday, she went outside. She's like, Mowgli, boom, the cat ran up to her. Like, is like, I'm like, you're the cat lady. She's literally the cat lady. And the cat's like, still doesn't trust me very much. So, but well, I took the- care. I didn't kill the cat. I killed the flowers, but did not kill the cat. So that's good. The Duffer Open is now closed three rounds in three days, um, and I'm living to tell about it, which is a bit of a miracle because everyone that knew what I was up to this weekend had one concern. How is your back? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so the fact that I got through it and actually felt, uh, well, it's actually amazing what a few birdies can do to to make the back feel better, And, uh, and we... We had a day at Diamond Hawk yesterday. Um, our group was was rolling pretty good, so it was it was awesome. We ended actually ended up twelve under, one off the uh, tournament lead. Yeah, it was pretty great. So, How many putts did you make? I made more putts yesterday than I have made in the last fifteen years combined. No way! I'm not it was, kidding. I, you're a good putter. You you you. I'm a terrible yourself. putter. No, I'm no, you sell putt. yourself short. No, 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 no. Every no. time we played together, you made a few putts. And I could see it happening. It was just on the brink of really uh, like being unleashed. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, On one par three, John was not paying attention. I immediately said it's going to be short. And then John and Artie were like, oh, my God. It's almost in like it hit the flag. So I, I missed a, I missed a, you know, I was close yeah. to a hole in one, let's say. And um, wow. Yeah. So that was just kind of the, that was kind of the launching pad for me. That was on number four. And I would say I probably didn't really cool off until about 14. So Ooh. I had a good run there where it seemed like I was just throwing darts and it was a lot of fun. So oh, that is awesome. Well, yeah, it's a good must feeling. have appreciated it because yeah, uh, it's always nice when somebody's like, that's the struggle. And, you know, we have a busy month of August when it comes to golf tournament. I have three in a row. and yeah. uh, But that's the one thing. You always show up to these events, and it's fun. And, you know, if, especially if it's beautiful outside, you can hang out, talk to other people. You have a couple of pops, and it's great. But the most frustrating thing is when you're like, oh, we have 85 yards. Okay, this is going to be under 10 feet, right? And you end up 20, 25 that, feet off. 20 that was off Saturday like, at oh. Concord Crest. We could not make we could not make life easy for ourselves at all. Yeah. We had lots of great positioning off the tee, but we just couldn't get anything to, you know, be relevant on the green. So, so but you anyway. guys were putting for a show and uh, not chipping for. I think we all. ended up even par. Put it that way. Oh so, no! Yeah, or one under, maybe. I don't know. It it got a little little messy at the end. You so. saved it all for the next day, though. That's yeah, good we you. did. But you know what? Amidst all of it. um, uh, Vince Dunn yes. got his deal and I think it's, well, I think it's fair to say it was the most high profile of all the arbitration filings. <clears throat> yes. I mean, yes. he's was coming off a career year. 
you knew that he would likely go beyond what Seattle would have likely envisioned at the start of last season when Dunn was entering a contract year. And now Vince Dunn finds himself in a position where he is the highest paid member of the Mm -hmm. Seattle Kraken. He has a four-year deal that is going to pay him $7.35 million. What I find interesting is that this year, there are no clauses attached to it. He could be traded tomorrow. Well, yeah, because he can't have a no-trade clause until he turns 27. So he has the ability to be moved this year. He has a full no trade in year two. Yes. And then in the remaining two years, he has a 16 team no trade. Yes. So I, you know, I look at that and I think, wow, this is going to be interesting now how Seattle moves forward. Um, it's going to be a while before some of these other top draft picks, um, you know, ascend to that salary height. So Dunn's probably going to be in that position for a while, one would assume. But obviously the the reason we're talking about Vince Dunn is not just, Hey, great year. Congratulations. You're 84th on the salary list for this coming season and uh, top 25 among defensemen. That's the most important part is because the Sabres might well have two guys in the top 25 or 30 very quickly here yes. um, for this beyond yeah. the, the season beyond this one, which would be 24, 25. When a couple the of things will duffer because yeah. I, before we move on to like, Darlene power and other things like when yeah. it comes to Vince Dunn, he's 26, a four year deal takes him to 30, right? Yes. Like, I mean, there's another deal after that. Like he's got another yeah. like pretty significant deal. If he continues to play that way, that's mm-hmm. one that was significant for me to know that this wasn't a six or seven year deal where Seattle was going to say, Hey, let's, let's get a couple more years out of your prime. I think Vince Dunn will probably be in his prime until maybe 32, 33. Now, um, Maybe that's the players wanting to not go long-term to say, I'm going to go 7.35 now. Mm-hmm. And then four years down the road, maybe I'm going to 10 because the cap will go up and maybe that's where the number is going to be. So it's, that's it, a, a big significance for me. So his hearing was scheduled for today. They obviously avoided it a couple of days ahead of time. And when you saw the number that was agreed upon on this four-year deal, what was your immediate reaction? Too high, too low, just right. Very fair, very fair on both ends. Uh, and, you know, I dug into more of the numbers when it comes to people that don't realize Vince Dunn, right? St. Louis then goes on to Seattle. And I mean, Seattle gets a lot of airtime. They, they were on national TV, but it's still their late games. Not a lot of people watch it. So I'm saying, what does Vince Dunn do so good? You know, you, you know that the Adam Fox and the Eric Carlson and Miro Eiskanen and Rasmus Dahlin and those guys, like they are like transition machine. They're offensive zone machines, right? So what is Vince Dunn? I know that Vince Dunn had his 60 plus points this year, which is a really good year for a defenseman. But what does he do? Why are we not talking about Vince Dunn like we were talking about Josh Morrissey this year or how we talked about Brendan Montour this year? Well, because Vince Dunn, although is really good at creating offense and passes in the offensive zone are really, his percentage is high, but he doesn't have the same volume that the other players. And in the neutral zone, it's good, but he doesn't have the same volume as the other players. All of it 
is defensive zone passing. Like he is so good at that first pass. Then he creates some offense. But for me, that's where he excels at. When you look at, you know, the advanced numbers and you say, okay, defensive zone passing, who's in the, who's in the best, right? Drew Doughty was number one. Vince Dunn was fifth in the amount of successful passes from the defensive zone he made. In the neutral zone, Rasmus Dalin is like at that number five, right? Because Dalin does great in neutral zone transition. Mm-hmm. Vince Dunn is a lot of defensive zone passes. And what's the number one quality of a good defenseman? Make a good first pass. That it is usually in the defensive zone, the neutral zone. So I think that although Vince Dunn doesn't have the flash of a fox and Heiskinen and Dalin and all of it, he's very efficient in the way that he plays the game. Dunn was 22nd in time on ice per game across the NHL this year at just under 24 minutes a night. Um, It's interesting how you break it down that way. I mean, I think, you know, one reason to really emphasize Dunn's breakout year is because not unlike the Sabres, Seattle, seemingly out of nowhere, vaulted itself into top five offensive status, right? I mean, they were just scoring and scoring and scoring. It was unbelievable. But they got it really balanced, and and yet Dunn was the primary catalyst from the blue line position. So, another thing that's interesting with his contract, Duffer, yeah, is because. So I kind of this morning as we were talking, my brain went, "Oh my goodness, this is a thing that players are going to want for two reasons." Now it's front loaded, right? Players want a front loader contract. Why? Because you get more money up front, and. You know, you invest that money, put that money away four years down the road. That money is is grown a little bit. So eventually you say you make more money that way. So Vince Dunn is making nine million in year one, eight in year two, seven in year three and 5.4 in year four. So it, it gradually drops. The other reason why players now are going to want a front loaded contract is because it gives you buyout protection. And so we were talking off the air about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ilya Samsonov got his award, and now there's a second buyout window that opens. Matt Murray is most likely to be bought out. And then TJ Brody may be a buyout candidate for the, the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. And when you realize that Brody's contract was going the other way, it was backloaded. So if the Leafs decide to buy him out now, it would cost them $0 on the cap this year because the difference between his actual salary and the, the, the cap hit will, will wipe itself out. So the fact that you have a front-loaded contract gives you somewhat of a buyout protection because if you're making $2 million less than your AAV, let's see, like for this Vince Dunn contract, $5.4 million salary in the last year and 7.35 of AAV. That's about a $2 million difference right there. Mm-hmm. So on top of the buyout, you have to add that $2 million. So Vince Dunn in the last year of his deal would probably be a three and a half to $4 million cap hit right there, mm-hmm. right there in the one year. Yeah. So where if it was the other way around, it would be $0. Right. So that's a big that's a big protection for players. It is. And forgive me for asking this without even having a semblance of the answer here. (laughs) So I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Um, 
but from a players and players association stand, this has never actually popped into my head before. So this is, this is a breaking thought for me. Breaking news, breaking, news. uh, not news, just a breaking thought. Um, how does, how do front loaded contracts impact in any way the amount that players owe in escrow? So it does impact. So what fans don't know is you look at the AAV of a player and you probably look at the the salary cap figures of all the teams and you say, well, you know, 32 teams and they all spending 80 million on average. So it goes so much money spent, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how the escrow and the hockey related revenue and the salaries are calculated at the end of the season. It's actually money out, right? So even though Vince Dunn is a $7.35 million player, this year, when they calculate the amount of money paid out to players, Vince Dunn's going to count for $9 million. But now, when it first started happening, these front-loaded contracts, it affected escrow a lot because all these front-loaded contracts were happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Here's the balance now. You probably have as many front-loaded contracts that are starting then there is front-loaded contract that are ending. So the balance is there now. So I think that it equals itself out mm-hmm. after many years. But the first few years of teams going out there and spending front, front-loaded front money to what Minnesota did with Shea Weber and Zach Parise and all of that, like, let's give them all this money front-loaded. Ilya Kovalchuk in New Jersey, like it affected the escrow so much because you had all these front-loaded contracts that were coming in and there was no front-loaded contract that were ending to balance it out. I don't think it was Minnesota and Shea Weber, though. No, not Shea Weber. Ryan Suter. It was... <laughs> but yeah, I will it, say this. I will say this. Thank you, but it was the other Minnesota... The, the other Nashville Suter and Parise. Yeah. Suter and Parise, yes. Okay. What you just did and how you just presented it without having a hint that I was going to put you on the spot is exactly why over the last 72 hours I have had never ending commentary from people to say, please tell Marty we love him. Please tell Marty we love him. Say hi to Marty. Say hi to Marty. We love Marty. He's amazing. And I'm like, yes, I agree. I know. Well, here's <laughs> so, the thing, Duffer. You. Because I was a backup goaltender that only played 20 games a year for the last like five years of my career. Um, I was the Players Association rep with the New York Rangers, which I was in a lot of negotiations, uh, boardrooms. I remember the one year I sat right across from Brian Burke. And Brian Burke was upset that teams were handing out front-loaded contracts because he said, and I quote till this day, I have it written down in a book somewhere. He said, we, the Toronto Maple Leafs, cannot afford front-loaded <laughs> contract. I mean, we all started laughing. Like, come on, Brian Burke. You cannot say this with a straight face, that the, the Toronto Maple Leafs cannot afford front-loaded contract. Now, wow. the GMs and the team side, the NHL, was unhappy with other teams giving out front-loaded contract, but now it's all balancing out. Okay, so how do we look at Darlene and Power now in proper perspective after the Dunn deal? Does Dunn's deal do anything to shape a landscape here for defensemen? We've already prefaced that Dunn is much further along age-wise in his career. 
So that's why, you know, this deal kind of fit for both he and Seattle. And by the way, Dunn's deal did come in much higher than what our friend Finchie at AFP had yeah. to say. He was expecting in the 6465 range and it comes <laughs> in at 7.3. So he did just, say that the Damon Severson contract and a few of other contracts that were signed earlier this year affected the market up. Yes. Like more of the defensemen have signed more money because okay. of those early contracts. So we're saying that you're saying that, okay, Buffalo still needs to do its extensions at some point prior to July 1st next year with Darlene and power. What's of most interest to you right now, power or Darlene? Like I'm assuming that this has more impact on power. Is that wrong? Yes. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. No, Darlene, I think we kind of all know that the number will come around $10 million. Right. Right. Maybe a little less, maybe a yeah, little more. Yeah, because like the deal, pardon me, like the deal for Dunn right now puts him, you know, 25th. Yes. When it comes to defensemen and cap hit. We all know Darlene is going to be in the top 10, in all likelihood, the top five, perhaps even the top three. So, but what we are going to see is Owen Power make this leap from entry level potentially into where Darlene is now, which is 46th in the NHL, one of 46 defensemen to make six million or more. So I I look at our friend James Finch from AFP Analytics and his initial uh, projection on Owen Power on a long-term deal was seven years at six and a half, right? So knowing that all defensemen are signing at about a half a million to a million dollar premium now, I think what the Vince Dunn deal does to Owen Power is it probably sets the market. I don't think Owen Power would go and be at more than Vince Dunn. But I really could see, because of the salary structure of the Sabres of Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson, I could see Owen Power being in the 6-9 to 7-7-1 seven, seven, range mm -hmm. uh, because – Look, I'm not saying Vince Dunn is not a fantastic player. He is. 61 points, Owen Power will get that, I would assume, next year or the year after. Like, Ooh. I think he's getting... I, I would take the bet that he won't, but... Okay, well, yeah. I think he's getting close to 60, 61. I think he's doing that. But again, when I looked at the numbers and I'm like, okay, where does Owen Power rank in those type of passing situation? How does he create offense, right? So Vince Dunn in the offensive zone ranked 16 this year in the amount of passes that he connected, that successful passes. Owen Power in his first year in the NHL ranked 30th. So 16 was done. Power's 30th in the Offensive zone. Okay. How about in the neutral zone? Because this is to me what is interesting. In the neutral zone, Owen Power ranked 18. Vince Dunn was 23rd. So you think about transition, playing fast, making a pass and jumping up on the play. All these quality that defensemen need to have. Owen Power has all of them. Mm -hmm. And the numbers show that and the eye test show that. So I really see an Owen Power extension. At the six-year, probably seven-year extension, close to $7 million. I think that that Vince Dunn contract is going to act as a bit of a magnet, right, to get as close as we can to Vince Dunn. But you also have to deal with the internal salary structure of the Sabres when you look at Thompson and Cousins. So am I wrong to suggest that it sounds like you're jumping off the bridge right now? I'm jumping off the bridge. I've never been on the bridge 
for Owen Power. The you bridge did, uh, would really? only work. Okay. Yeah. The bridge would only work if the Sabres felt themselves found themselves in cap trouble and not being able to lock up Owen Power long term. They mm-hmm. don't have cap issues right now. And and saying to Power, let's give you a three year deal at five and a half, and then have to pay him mm-hmm. nine million plus on his next deal. I don't think makes sense for the Sabres. Can I interest you in the contract of Quinn Hughes? Okay, in what way? Because Okay, so at the age of 21, the tender age of 21, Quinn Hughes took a six-year deal. Yes. And right when you hear that, you go, wow, that walks him right into UFA. So six years, 7.85 million. Now, Quinn Hughes produces at a higher offensive clip from his first year than power and presumably might be a little higher than power all the way through hard to know impossible to know quite frankly but you're looking at it from the dynamic of can buffalo have two 80 point defensemen on their roster in in power and darlene like maybe maybe but what do you think of the hughes deal at six years 7.85 based on everything you just said too high for buffalo i mean you do have to consider inflation it happened two years ago so too high for Buffalo, and I think. Look, I'd take eighteen thousand Owen Power over eight uh, over Quinn Hughes for me personally, right? Okay. Like I love yeah. the size, I love everything that he brings. Mm-hmm. But Quinn Hughes signed that contract after a fifty-three points in sixty-eight games, his his first full season in Vancouver, and then forty-one points in fifty-six games in the uh, pandemic-shortened season. Mm-hmm. So he had a lot of offense to back it up and saying, I played two years. I projected over an 82 game season. He's a 65 to 70 point player, according to those numbers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if he gets 70 points on average, you're paying them seven, eight, eight million, eight and a half million. Like, I think that the used contract was a good deal for Vancouver. Yes. A great deal for Quentin Hughes. And the fact that that was a second contract and he got 7.8 million and will be able to hit another one. But I think it's too much for Owen power. I think it's we're, we're getting about a half a million above what I think the max would be for Owen power. First round pick first overall. Yeah, I get that. It but comes see, with something, right? It always but here's comes with the something. Reason why um, you know, like how they say, oh, this player plays a few games and then he burns the first year of his contract, right? Yeah. Well, it's not always a positive to burn the first year of your contract in the sense that Owen Power now only has played one NHL year. Mm-hmm. If he had played two and then can sign an extension, then it's different because now you have, as Owen well, Power can. would say- It would be this season playing without it. Would be, it. Yeah, and it wouldn't be an extension with one year left. It would be like, well, you got to sign now. And if you don't go to arbitration, you're opening yourself for an offer sheet and everything else, right? So all I'm saying is that for Owen Power to have played some games and voided the first year of his deal is great because then he gets faster to a second contract. But at the same time, Maybe not for power because we know he's going to get paid, but for a lot of other players, burning that first year may backfire because you don't have as much hockey, NHL hockey, to be able to sell for to, to the team on why you should be paid a certain number. 
And so the same thing for power right now. If he if he had played two years at the same level he played this year, it's a no-brainer. You're looking at Quint News and you're saying seven point eight. Quint. Quint News. Quint. Did I say Quint? Yes. Quint like Quentin must. I have Quentin Musty. I know you News. do. That's I, why I picked it up. So I. <laughs> but if he had played two years, you'd say eight million a year for Owen yes. Power. But he's only played one year, so maybe you can get a little bit of a cheaper version here. Well, if you ever want to put me in my place, you know, on a day where like I'm really annoying you as your co-host, just do some spontaneous trivia back to the COVID era, because (laughs) I literally wanted to launch a new segment today saying, where the bleep was I? Yeah. If, If you had told me that Quinn Hughes played in 17 playoff games in the 2020 bubble. I'm like, yeah, go look at his stats. He had 16 points in 17 playoff games. I'm like, when was Vancouver good enough to play 17 playoff games? So who did Vancouver play? I have no clue. I didn't look it up. You can do that during the break. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you that for the second consecutive year, the 2023 Prospects Challenge will feature six teams competing in a round-robin format. Over at Lecom Harbor Center, Sabres, Bruins, Habs, Devils, Sens, Pens. Tickets to go on sale in August. Sabres season ticket members will have priority access to tickets at a preferred rate. Prospects Challenge will take place the Sabres uh, during the Sabres Fan Fest weekends. Come down to Alumni Plaza on September 16th and enjoy the day. We're back after this. Marty will have answers. We'll have birthday celebrations. And quite possibly, well, actually, I can guarantee it. Balloons, when we come back on WGR and MSG. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.